4: or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday.
1: With liberty and justice... For none, I'm Carl Higby, and for Greg, Slow Joe is hailing the confirmation of Ketanji Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court as the crowning achievement of his presidency thus far. That's not saying much for a guy whose administration has pretty much been a dumpster fire so far. So from the catastrophic Af- Afghanistan withdrawal, which was absolutely terrible, open floodgates on our southern border, double-digit inflation, and now allowing Vladimir Putin just waltz right into Ukraine, and the fact that we have record high gas prices, yeah, I could guess you could call this his highlight. but. What you're really watching is the most historic virtue signal of all time in the history of ever. The Supreme Court justice that was chosen because she was a woman and because she was black. Not me saying it. That's Joe himself.
5: I committed that if I'm elected president, have an opportunity to appoint someone to the courts, we'll be a, I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation now. It's
1: long overdue. Right. So we know today was all about affirmative action. Let's wish Katanji Brown Jackson good luck and move on from her controversial record thus far. Trust me. I, but let's look at this in favor of the bumbling, stumbling, dynamic duel we have leading our country at this moment. Of course, Kamala Harris spoke first today because why not? She might as well be running the country for all we know. But maybe Joe Biden is just still a bit rattled by being completely ignored by his predecessor, Barack Obama. You know, when he was at the White House this Tuesday, he showed up. He couldn't help but try to grab a little bit of Kamala's spotlight. Watch.
2: Through the confirmation of the first black woman to the United States Supreme Court.
1: What was that? It was almost like Joe was watching a sporting event that the rest of us couldn't see. It reminded me of one of my favorite, I mean, just bizarre moments that Joe Biden's had. We call this one Jetpack Joe. That really got the ball rolling. <laughs> Joe and Kamal, he gave us a few tidbits to add to our out-of-control cackling collection. Listen to this. And. This woman is literally a heartbeat away from being the president of the United States. She then went on to drool over Joe because he made the extremely bold and brave decision to nominate a black woman for the Supreme Court justice. Hmm.
2: So let us not forget that as we celebrate this day, we are also here in great part because of one president, Joe Biden. of Joe Biden's vision and leadership and commitment, a lifelong commitment to building a better America.
1: You know, she doesn't actually believe any of that. First off, Joe had absolutely no choice but to nominate a black woman or his own party in the BLM woke activists would, every lunatic on the planet would have protested and burned down major cities like they did in 2020. So maybe dial back the phony kudos. Second, could Kamala Harris possibly be any more fake? I remember she's not exactly Joe's biggest fan. So that's where the federal
2: government must step in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why we need to pass the ERA. Unfortunately, Vice President Biden, you're just simply inaccurate in what you're describing. I think that you should really think about what you're saying, but be reflective and understand that the people of America want access to health care. What bothered you? Praising and coddling individuals who made it their life works and built their reputation off of segregation of the races in the United States. That's a problem.
1: I mean, she hates Joe Biden. Don't, let, don't fool yourself there. And she only took the job because she thought she would, you know, would have been in charge by now. She thought Joe Biden would have dipped out by now. So he finally gets his time to shine. And how does Joe open his speech? Remember this, this history being made on the most powerful court in the world?
5: My name's Joe Biden. Please sit down. I'm Jill's husband <laughs> and Naomi Biden's grandfather.
1: Every time he makes that joke, it just gets worse and worse. I mean, it's not even funny. It wasn't enduring the first time either. Also, Naomi Biden is your granddaughter, Joe. If you're going to make this stupid joke every time you give a speech, at least practice the line and get it right. I mean, come on, dude. By the way, come on, man. By the way, you won't hear him shouting out his other granddaughters. Navy Roberts, you know, Hunter's love child with an Arkansas stripper who he won't even acknowledge, believe it or not. Joe was just getting warmed up. He loves to brag about his bromance with China's president, Xi Jinping, but this moving story sounds like it might just be a little bit exaggerated.
5: America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him.
1: Uh, but <laughs> he had a single word to describe America. Still waiting on that word, but whatevs. Look, I just, let's just circle back real quick also. Did Joe just claim he went on a hiking trip in the mountains with Xi Jinping? I mean, when did this happen? When did it, did it happen at all? But put this one under Joe winning an international mood co- court competition, too. I mean, probably never happened. Like, folk, I've seen photos of him. I've never seen any photos of this. You think these two guys took a stroll among the world's tallest mountains? Someone would have snapped a photo somewhere? There's plenty of these photos of the two of them together. Can we get, like, a selfie with their hiking sticks and backpacks? I and mean, someone needs to ask Jensaki about this one. Oh, and it sounded like Joe actually questioned himself about whether it actually happened later.
5: Foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact.
1: You don't know what you did for a fact? I just said that. I, did it even happen at all? I mean... I guess this is saves us the trouble of fact-checking him, I guess. I mean, that was Joe being Joe, they say, but things got even worse after that.
5: And I said, you know, I said, I'm shortly gonna go out, look, I'm looking out the window, I'm gonna go out on this, what they call the South Lawn in the White House, and I'm gonna introduce to the world, to the world, the first African-American woman out of over 200 judges on the Supreme Court.
1: 200, huh? Hmm. Wrong again, Mr. President. was doesn't seem petty, but this guy was a member and even the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee for like 30 years. That's like three decades. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's the committee that oversees these nominations in the Supreme Court. A 10-second web search reveals that Ketanji Brown-Jackson is actually the 115th justice to serve on the high court. Not 200, not even close. Joe was off by like 45%. But finally, Joe gets to the heart of the moment. And, and what's his big takeaway from the confirmation process for Judge Brown Jackson? I knew it wouldn't be easy, but
5: I knew the person I nominated would be put through a painful and difficult confirmation process. But I have to tell you, what Judge Jackson was put through was well beyond that. There was verbal abuse, the anger, the constant interruptions most vile, baseless assertions and accusations.
1: Right. The big, bad, racist Republicans were just too hard on KBJ and disrespectfully vetting her. You know, all those really tough questions like, what is a woman?
0: Can you
3: provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay.
6: this
1: context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- I mean, easy question for the rest of America, but no answer. Must be racist. Can't wait until the first 14th Amendment or even Title IX case comes in front of the bench. She'll Bet she'll know it then when, when, what what a woman is. So does Joe remember just a few short years ago when Justice Brett Kavanaugh wept, I mean, crying during his confirmation hearing all over completely unsubstantiated claims that he was maybe inappropriate at a party like 40 years ago. In other words, that that July 1st reference to skis, went over for skis, that's brewskis, correct? And after Tobin... Yes. Sir, sir, I just need a yes or no. That brewskis, right? Well, I need to explain in context. Uh, you just said, sir, that you drank on weekdays. That's all I was looking for. Did the word Ralph... You used and in your yearbook. Said, I already, said, I already answered the alcohol. question. If you yeah, yeah. relate to alcohol. I
6: like you beer. That. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, what do you like to drink? Next
2: one. Are you saying that it's too difficult a question, or it's a question you can't answer? Which is whether you agree with the statement that there was blame on both sides. We can move on, but are you saying you cannot answer that simple, pretty simple question?
1: Unbelievable. But yeah, somehow, uh, Miss Jackson got a really raw deal. Jo- I mean, Joe really put a button on today's event by doing what he does best, praising himself for something he didn't even really do.
5: That's why I'm proud to say, with the great help of Dick Durbin, I've nominated more black women judges of federal appeal courts than all previous presidents combined.
1: Not really any way to verify that, but what we do know is that Joe single-handedly blocked the nomination of a woman that could have been our first black female on the Supreme Court 20 years ago.
5: I have no intention of filibustering somebody. It depends on who the president sends, but I could see a circumstance. Mm-hmm. For example, if he set up Edith Jones, I can assure you that would be a very, very, very difficult fight, and she probably would be filibustering. What, what about what, Janice what, Rogers Brown, someone else? Me, I'm, I'm, I'm not, by the way, I misspoke. I misspoke. Janice Rogers Brown is what I meant to say.
1: Well, Janice Rogers Brown, Joe blocked her because she was a conservative. Didn't care that she was a black woman. It's all part of what Joe admitted right before he wrapped up today.
5: And in America, everyone should be able to go as far as their hard work and God-given talent will take them. And possibilities, we're the only ones. That's why we're viewed as the ugly Americans. We think anything's possible.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. America's back. I mean, back where? I wish you would just put it back the way we found it. What he really believes is that making America as woke as humanly possible will make our adversaries somehow like us more. That's why we just put a rubber stamp on the biggest affirmative action hire in American history. The woman... Who Joe Biden just had confirmed to the Supreme Court can't define what a woman is because she's not a biologist. So, half the reason she got the job was because of the gender that she can't define. I mean, come on. This would be comical if it wasn't fake news. I mean, come on, folks. But it's real. Outside of the Supreme Court distraction, amongst all the problems, transgenderism, though, and the gender identity, they've all become like the number one priority for all Democrats. They're trying to tell you right now that Florida's parental rights bill is the you know, they call it the don't say gay bill, despite the fact it says nothing like that anywhere in the bill. They're also trying to tell you that children are not being taught LGBTQ LMNOP agenda in secret. While we're seeing proof of this exactly right now happening in our schools across the country on a daily basis. Today, the Garden State, here's a fresh look at what students in New Jersey will be learning in the fall. Left-wing Governor Phil Murphy apparently thinks this is appropriate for kindergarten through high school seniors. Kindergarten, of course, being five- and six-year-olds. Respecting young people's rights to honest sexual education. By, quote, by the end of this lesson, students will be able to define gender, gender identity and gender role stereotypes. This is the same Governor Murphy that got booed when he went woke during a debate in his home state.
6: There's so much on the ballot. Uh, There's so much
1: at stake. Do we stand with our sacred democracy or do we stand with with uh, Confederate flags and white supremacists and a pack of lies? Do we stand? Do we continue? Do we continue? To make the tough. They're booing because they don't, people don't like this racist comparison. There are people like that out there and we condemn them wholly. But I mean, people are booing him in his home state because he does stuff like this. He goes right to the identity politics, he forces gender identity on five and six year olds. When I was in high school, th- this wasn't even an issue. I knew nothing about my teachers. If I even saw them outside of school, I was like, whoa, they exist outside of the classroom? But now teachers are walking out of the classroom because they can't share their personal details about who they sleep with at home. They're protesting because they can't teach kids sex eds before they can tie their shoes. No. Teach my kids the skills to compete in the global job market. That's all. Their pronouns aren't going to help them get a rocket into space or cure cancer. Your transgender non-binary relationship has no place in the classroom. But despite all the opposition from liberals on this bill, this was the White House response. You guys oppose this law that bans classroom instruction about, about sexual orientation and gender identity in K through 3. Does the White House support that kind of classroom instruction before kindergarten?
0: Do you have examples of schools in uh, Florida that are teaching kindergartners about sex education? I'm
1: just asking for the president's Well, I think, that's a, I think that's a relevant question. Yep. Jen, I do have some examples. We just showed you the latest one out of New Jersey for kids as young as five. Think about that. Just yesterday, some documents came to light showing a school outside Wilmington, North Carolina, was actively working with confused students to keep their gender transition a secret from their parents. Exactly what Ron DeSantis is trying to protect them against with this Florida bill. How about in the Emerald City, Seattle? Public Library, offering a class on how to host a drag show, kids as young as 12 are welcome to learn about cross-dressing, makeup, and racy outfits. Just 400 bucks for a week long summer camp if you want to go. And definitely don't worry about leaving your kids alone with that guy for a few hours. Jeez. I mean, my personal favorite, or actually my least favorite, from my home state of Connecticut, a cartoon shown to second graders, seven and eight year olds, talking about how parents sometimes drink and put their private parts in your private parts. I mean, you're probably sitting there at home saying, like, come on, Carl, this can't be real. It's real. It's real. Want to know how I know? Because it happened at my daughter's school, where she happens to be in the second grade. I mean, this list goes on and on. Sex ed for kindergartners, encouraging gender transitioning, sometimes even attempting to circumvent parental consent, encouraging same-sex experiences. This should be nowhere in our school curriculum. Nowhere. Teachers unions in Florida and across the country have said, hey, no, you know what? We're not trying to groom your kids. Florida said, "Okay, fine. That sounds good. Let's make a law about it. Now, suddenly, a bunch of teachers are walking off the job in protest. You see the problem here? It's big. Even Disney, the timeless children's programming company. We all grew up with this is like the gold standard in wholesome family entertainment taking a stance in favor of teachers being able to sexualize young children. i Sorry, not sorry here, but if you need a bill to tell you not to talk about the sexualization of kids, you should not be anywhere near kids in the first place. Why a children's company like Disney would oppose this is just beyond me. Possibly the reason why people are canceling their Disney Plus subscriptions in mass. And this outrage is only second to the fact that a dude competing as a girl just won an NCAA swimming title for the women's team. I mean, liberals wanna celebrate this kind of like bizarre behavior. And look, you wanna be or pretend to be whatever you want, whatever gender you want, fine by me. But where my tolerance ends is when you try to force me to pretend with you. Or even worse, when my daughter might be forced to compete against a biological male who claims to be a girl. All right, as Katandra Brown Jackson said, I'm not a biologist. You know what, but I did attend high school and know that gender is in fact a function of either an XX or an XY chromosome assignment at conception. The fact that we have to explain this to a bunch of people that for the last two years were telling us to follow the science with COVID is completely bananas, but we're approaching the midterms, folks. Democrats are scared, so what's their solution? They're gonna double down. If you disagree with them at all, you're the problem. You're the racist, istophobic, phobophobe, that's their message. And you better bow down. Nah, not me. Not to a bunch of radical ideologues that are totally out of touch with the American people. We're going to see how that works out for them in November. All right, after the break, President Biden tried to kill me. Not me saying that. Congressman and certified badass Mark Wayne Mullen says the President of the United States tried to kill him in Afghanistan. Congressman Mullen joins us himself after the break.
6: Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today.
1: So when Joe Biden epically botched the withdrawal of U.S. troops in Afghanistan, a real American hero went on a solo mission to pick up the slack. Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma is the guy you see there on the right. He traveled to the region himself as a congressman and helped stranded Americans get out of this nightmare that Biden administration created. Now, he says the president tried to have him killed. Mark Wayne Mullen joins us now. Congressman, thank you, sir, for joining us. This is crazy. Tell us exactly the background on this.
0: Well, I, first of all, I didn't go over there by myself. That was a team that I had with me, and and I was part of it, and and uh, so they went down this journey with me too. We were um, uh, we never went over there, Carl, uh, to for publicity. We was never going to put any news out. We was, we, we weren't even going to talk about it. It was going to be something very quiet. It wasn't until the the administration. Uh, released information saying that we were lost in Afghanistan with a bag of cash. And I, I want to be very pointed here. Up until then, there was zero, zero official pictures of me with a beard. Uh, we we purposely did that. And they put a picture out with my face, with a beard, and said that we were lost in Afghanistan with a bag of cash. Now, right before they put that out. Uh, we had been dark for a while because uh, we had been working with the State Department up until this point. We had a, a three-year-old girl that we were trying to get out through Tajikistan. She had a severe leg infection. Yeah. And we had tried to get her through Kabul. Then we tried to drove her to Tajikistan. To the ambassador there told me personally that he wasn't allowed to help us in any way. And Washington, D.C. gave him that information. Unfortunately, that little girl passed away from, from the infection. And um, and then we decided that we just wasn't going to talk to the State Department anymore. So when we got out of a, a phone desert to a to an area to which we wouldn't be too awfully recognized where other phone services are yep. being done, I turned my phone on, as you know, uh, how that works. And uh, immediately my phone rang and it was my office. They didn't know where I was at. And my comms director asked yep. me, where are you at? And I said, I'm not telling you. And she said. Well, um, they're about ready to report. They're reporting that you are lost in Afghanistan with a bad cash. And I said, oh, my God, tell them not to release it. If they do that, they're going to put my life in danger and my team's life in danger. Yeah. She called me back in five minutes, Carl, and said they're releasing it anyways. Now, I'm in in a country which stand on the last of it. Yeah. And I see my face come across Al Jadir TV as a member of Congress— Who's lost in Afghanistan with a bag of cash.
1: Now, how would you interpret that? I mean, that, that is absolutely, I mean, it's like basically putting a bounty on it. We, we, you know, we have absolutely. a letter that was, that, that you, you sent this letter to your constituents accusing the administration of sabotaging your independent rescue mission to Afghanistan. I remember when you went over there, we all found out here in America, we were like, wait, a congressman slipped over to Afghanistan and nobody, nobody knew about this? You said, look... They tried to kill me. They released information about my location while I was in Afghanistan. They didn't care if I got killed. They didn't want right. anyone to know that they left Americans behind. This, look, I spent my fair share of time over in Iraq. Like, I get how bad this is. We weren't even allowed to have social media. We weren't allowed, I mean, we no. would tell our families we were going into the country, but we couldn't tell them where, we couldn't tell them what we were doing. So this to me is absolute violation of OPSEC. What in the world happened when you got back? Like with the Intel community, were they involved? Was there any debriefing? Was it, did anybody get fired? I mean, what happened?
0: Well, nothing. So far, nothing. Now, Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next Speaker of the House, has, has promised me that when we get control, we're going to do an investigation on this. Um, uh, but uh, when we when we were talking to the uh, intelligence community, they told us they knew nothing about it whatsoever. Um, even the ambassador, Ambassador Promising, called me personally on my cell phone and said, Mark Wayne, I'm sorry. I want to let you know I didn't have any thing to do with that. He was sent telling me that. This was this was a call from I think probably Secretary Blinken. Um, I don't I'm not saying that the president actually knew or didn't know. I doubt it. But Secretary Blinken I believe 100% knew because they were trying to silence us what was happening. They didn't just put my life in danger. Carl they put put the entire team in danger. What well, we had to make a decision right then when that came across TV that I had to separate from the team. And and it took it took a while for us to get out of country to get back to Azerbaijan to get from Azerbaijan to to Frankfurt and then all the way into um, all the way into to back to the United States and we had to do that in a pretty timely manner because as you know all yeah. of a sudden. I've got a bounty on my head.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have about a billion more questions on this and how, how stupid the entire right. process was. However, I got to get, get your take on Title 42. Yeah, This is for, the, the public for. health policy, okay? Grants the government the power to prohibit introduction of persons and property to stop contagions and diseases from spreading in the United States. Seems fine. Okay, so, I mean, it, it's set to expire May 23rd. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki is grilled. I mean, she was grilled over the administration's plan with the dealing of the spring surge. They're expecting like 18,000 plus uh, migrants every single month. Listen to this.
0: There will still be significant measures put in place for anyone who tries to regularly migrate to the United States.
6: Do you feel that you, I mean, what's your goal and what do you expect? What, what impact do you expect to have on the spring surge with those kinds of measures? I would really
0: point you to the Department of Homeland Security to make any projections of that, because we have not made any projections of what it will mean in terms of the uh, the uh, the ending of Title Forty Two either.
1: I mean, this is absolutely bananas. I mean, this is like just you know. All, all these people in close court contact with Joe Biden, of course, not close contact, all have yeah. COVID. Yeah. You know, they say, oh, kissing on the cheek. That's not close contact. They got their talking points from Bill Clinton. But, you know, the, the, that crazy, what is, is. Yeah, exactly. the crazy thing <laughs> is, sir, you're running for U.S. Senate at this point now. And you, you've got a lot to say about this. What do you think?
0: Well, first of all, um, if they just listen to the chief of Border Patrol, he said they're expecting over a million illegal crossings by June. And he warned that if Title 42 is is allowed to expire, they're they're expecting a 50% increase, a 50% increase. So we're talking about uh, 500,000 additional individuals that's going to cross. Now, understand Title 42 is a national security issue, too, because underneath Title 42, were able to hold uh, mainly single males traveling by themselves. Underneath that holding pattern, we have caught 11 terrorists, 11 terrorists that were on the terrorist watch list because we held them for two or three days while we're waiting to, to expedite them back to the country that we didn't have extradition with. Right. Uh, During that time, they they alerted and got back to us. So this is a national security issue on top of that.
1: Yeah, there is there is no control of our borders right now. So Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen, uh, good luck in your U.S. Senate race, sir. But thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, Carl. All right. Folks, the same department that's run by a woman who used to be a man now says it supports gender reassignment treatments for children. Can they legally spend tax dollars on this? We're going to talk to constitutional law attorney Jenna Ellis after the break.
6: Real heroes, real conflict, real threats, real heart. Now there's a place America gets its news. No agenda, just the facts. Newsmax, real news for real people.
0: For the record, you favor HHS's funding being able for for sex reassignment for surgeries on minors.
4: I will do everything I can to defend any American, including children. Whether or not they fit the categories you have mentioned or not, and if they talk about gender-affirming care, I am there to protect the rights of any American.
1: <laughs> you heard it right there, folks. Biden Health and Human Services Secretary Bacara admitting that the administration supports the idea of gender reassignment surgery for children. I wonder if they're going to send a permission slip home to the parents. Now, Beccara is not a doctor. Of any kind, but I guess it should come as no surprise, from a department where the deputy secretary, who is a doctor, is a woman now, but she used to be a man, as well as it turns out. So a large portion of the country does not agree with this secretary or Richard Rachel Levine, as she goes by now. So breaking news today from Alabama, where Governor Kay Ivey signed what's called the Vulnerable Child Protection Act. It bars minors from seeking transgender related surgeries and medications in the state. Why we need a law for this is beyond me. But Newsmax contributor and constitutional law attorney Jenna Ellis joins me now. Jenna, thank you for joining me on this. Why? The fact that we even have to have this conversation is crazy to me, no?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And what's so crazy about this is that the left is trying to redefine something that is actually child abuse as gender-affirming surgery. I mean, this is the same thing like what they're trying to do under the auspices of healthcare as an intentional abortion, which is, of course, designed to cause the death of an unborn child. That is nothing whatsoever in healthcare. But yeah. the issue here, Carl, is that FGM, or female genital mutilation, is actually prohibited by America. It is condemned by the United States for the countries that still practice that, by the WHO, by UNICEF, by so many other organizations for children's rights. Yet that's exactly what these types of surgeries are doing. They're taking minors who will have life-altering bodily surgeries that are yep. mutilating their genitals and other aspects right. of their body permanently. And so this is not something that the federal government can do. Unfortunately, we do need states like Alabama to step in and actually protect children from these right. crazy, crazy monsters. Uh,
1: Jenna, I, I want to get back to Becerra here. I mean, the Health and Human Services Department, they've been flying this transgender flag outside its headquarters. These are the same folks who told us, you know, follow the science with COVID. They, they can legally spend taxpayer dollars on Gender reassignment surgeries for children. I mean, Jenna, like when you were five, like, did you ever put your dad's boots on and walk around the house? Sure. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean you want a gender reassignment surgery. They are asking legitimate questions to a child now. And like, if you ask a five, six, seven, 10-year-old kid, like, hey, do you want to be a boy? Do you want to be a girl? Do you want to switch thing? Of course, kids are like, well, I don't know, but should I? You know, like they're kids, right? Now they're flying these flags and trying to make right. this mainstream. I I think that they've taken this way too far, no?
3: Oh, of course. I mean, I remember when I was babysitting in high school and, you know, a three year old boy, because I was painting my fingernails, wanted to also paint his fingernails. That would now be, oh, he wants to be a girl. Get him on the hormones. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And where does this end? I mean, little girls want to be mermaids. Does that mean that we allow them to cut off their legs and we put a fish scale on the lower half of their body? I mean, that's how absurd we're talking about this. We don't affirm anymore the truth of self-evident reality, and we don't anymore affirm the truth that human beings are made in the image of God and have inherent dignity and worth. And we need to affirm the truth of biology, not this ridiculous uh, sort of Transgender quote unquote affirmation yeah. is actually harmful. And it, Carl, the one other point I want to make too is that there is no way that this is constitutionally permissive for the federal government no. to spend taxpayer dollars. Nowhere in Article 1, Section 8 does it allow Congress to actually do anything whatsoever with health care. This yeah. is a state issue.
1: Yeah, well, beyond that, the fact is too, Jenna, it's like. We're looking at like there's XX chromosomes, there's XY chromosomes. I am also not a biologist like uh, Judge Jackson, but however, I can I, I can rationalize these things and, and to to look at the data. You have significantly like multiple times higher suicide rates amongst transgender people because there is an innate. Uh, disconnect there that that thinks i mean here we have it transgender youth suicide 52 percent considered suicide 30 percent attempted suicide in 2021 these this is something that maybe some of those suicide rates could be tied to the fact that they have been pushed into this and maybe reconsidering no
3: yeah, absolutely. And this, these types of statistics are so disheartening and, frankly, horrifying. And the fact that uh, Becerra is saying that he's affirming human rights is yeah. really disgusting and misleading. I mean, pretty soon they're going to say right. that suicides are now part of health care. I mean, at what point do we actually define yeah. health care appropriately? <clears throat> and again, we have to make sure that as conservatives, yeah. we are always defending truth and we're using the law to yeah. make sure that we actually protect children, not harm them.
1: Yeah, and this is comes under an administration, Joe Biden. When he the last time he was in the White House as vice president, they made people like me buy health insurance that included maternity care. I'm not having birth (laughs) ever, ever. All right, Jenna Ellis, thank you so much. Because you're a
3: rational person, it's (laughs) because yeah,
1: XX XY chromosome, one or the other. All right, Jenna Ellis, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks. The Secretary of Homeland Security today saying that the biggest threat to our homeland is white supremacy. See, I mean, is he insane? My next guest wants to include BLM and Antifa as domestic terrorist organizations. We're going to talk to Congressman Greg Stubbe after the break.
6: The greatest terrorism-related threat that we face in the homeland is the threat of domestic violent extremism. (laughs) Individuals drawn to violence because of ideologies of hate or false narratives propagated on social media and other online platforms. And the most prominent um, threat is the threat of white supremacists.
1: Hmm, that's uh, Al Sharpton's National Action Network. Speaking in front of a banner that says, no justice, no peace, ironic enough. I mean, is he delusional? I mean, that's the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alex Mayorkas. This man is responsible for protecting America from threats both foreign and domestic. And he he explicitly thinks that the biggest threat to America is domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy. Show me the data to support that. It's no surprise if you consider he was virtue signaling to the crowd at Al Sharpton's group. When was the last time you heard of a white supremacy attack, folks? I mean, Black Lives Matter and Antifa have destroyed billions of dollars worth of America's cities and violence that led to dozens of deaths. Well, Congressman Greg Steube tried to make that point official, introducing an amendment to the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act.
7: My amendment would ensure that the most dangerous left-wing groups in this country are included in the enhanced reporting, training, and interagency cooperation portions of this bill. This amendment would include Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and radicalized social justice
1: groups alongside neo-Nazis and white supremacists. Sounds super reasonable to me. Surprise, surprise, Congressman Greg Stubbe was shot down by Democrats, though. But he's going to join us now to talk about a congressman. This seems super rational to me. I mean, why would they not have allowed this in there, considering there was like $2 billion worth of damages by these two groups?
7: Well, because they're Democrats and everything is a political agenda, and they want to highlight neo-Nazi and white supremacy groups while ignoring everything that happened in 2020. BLM and Antifa riding in these big cities, attacking federal um, courthouses, killing uh, individuals we're going to ignore all of that and i think it's interesting to put them on the board every single democrat voted against that so let them go back and explain when they're running for office why they don't think that antifa and black lives matter based on all the the riots and everything that happened last year shouldn't be included in a domestic terrorist organization in 2020 rasmussen reported that almost 50 percent of america believe they should be designated as a domestic terrorist organization that was two years ago i can only imagine what that number is today
1: yeah i mean the problem is too is like there is sure there's a couple white supremacists out there doing stupid things in something that is grossly antiquated and not accepted by any mainstream republican anywhere but yet that's the number one threat to america right now is some some somewhere rooted something they found something in the ether with no specific example of white supremacy what are they using to push this narrative
7: Oh, well, they're not using, well, they use January 6th overall. You know, they use that as a basis yeah. for everything. So, despite the fact that neo Nazis and white supremacy groups, there's the, every single person that entered the Capitol that day, there's not any proof that they were in line with these type of organizations. Uh, right. So, there's no facts or basis to support that. And I think once the Republicans take control in November and we actually do a real investigation as to what occurred on January 6th, we'll have a lot more information to base those uh, decisions off of. To this day, Speaker Pelosi has refused to release all of the video evidence that happened on the day of January 6th. Why is that? What are they hiding? Uh, why isn't she releasing her communication on that day? But that's, mm. they're going to use that. They're going to use white supremacy and neo-Nazi all the way into the November election because they think that that will get them reelected into the House.
1: Right. Well, that's the problem, too, is, you know, there was recently somebody who was just acquitted on all charges from entering the Capitol because, hey, they, they reasonably appeared to have been let in. So that kind of defeats the whole narrative, but yet they're still beating that drum, saying that it's some sort of white supremacy thing. I got to ask, though, um, you have a bunch of people. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, pick one, I don't know, burning down courthouses, federal buildings, state buildings, torching neighborhoods, things like that. In what world is that not a terrorist organization, sir?
7: Well, because they refuse to identify and designate leftist terrorist organizations. When the attorney general of the United States was before the Judiciary Committee, I asked him about the Department of Interior breach. It looked very much like January 6, where yeah, leftist uh, uh, people were and in, in getting into the Department of Interior. And fascinatingly, he hadn't even heard about it. That's it was so weird. From office hadn't even heard about
1: it. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Well, Congressman Greg Stubbe, we appreciate you fighting the good fight for us, sir. Stay strong. Yeah, you too. I remember when President Trump railed on power generating windmills. The fake news went nuts, laughing at him. Well, guess who's getting the last laugh once again? We're gonna be right back.
6: And I know windmills very much, I've studied it better than anybody, I know it's very expensive. They're noisy, they kill the birds. You want to see a bird graveyard? You just go, take a look, a bird graveyard? Go under a windmill someday, you'll see more birds than you've ever seen ever in your life. But why is it okay for these windmills to destroy the bird population? And that's what they're doing.
1: Oh boy, the fake news had a field day with this one. Mercilessly mocking President Trump for railing on power-generating windmills. Seems like they were saying this at least once a week. But yet again, Trump was right. A wind energy company has pleaded guilty to killing at least 150 eagles with its windmills. Hmm. Now, as usual, the fake news had a good laugh at Trump's expense. Yeah, we've yet to see any retraction or correction from any of them. Weird. Well, Dan Gaynor is vice president of the Media Research Center and editor at Media Research Center Tech Watch. Dan, welcome to the program. I mean, Next Era Energy. They were sentenced to probation, ordered to pay more than $8 million in fines for killing hundreds of eagles across the country. I mean, Trump said this was true. The fake news said it wasn't. Right again, right?
6: Yeah, yeah it, it was great seeing President Trump play Don Quixote and tilt at the windmills and then win. You know, it's like, OK, it's totally forgotten. We're building these things all over the place. Mm. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's just like the solar wind and solar farms. They The solar farms burn f- birds out of the sky. They call them streamers when they when they land down there, it, you know. Nobody wants to talk about the law of unintended consequences. It's a universal right. problem with the left and the media.
1: Yeah, but the left is always right in the moment and they never correct it. Watch this.
6: You know what it's all about for him on the windmills? It's the birds,
4: Rachel. It's the birds. This is when he was saying that windmills are killing birds. Okay. That's why we should get rid of windmills. Try it, try it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he really did. According to Trump, the danger
6: windmills pose to television is nothing compared to what it does to nature's airplanes, the birds.
0: He's very afraid of windmills. He doesn't like windmills. He doesn't like windmills. No. He's very like they're his boogeyman.
6: Yeah,
1: wind, like when he would, wind is his kryptonite.
2: <laughs> when yeah. he wakes up <laughs> sweating in the night, he's like, is it spinning? The birds all right.
1: Dan, I'm uh, waiting for that correction there. When do you think we should see this?
6: Uh, I think when uh, when hell freezes over, right. I, <laughs> this is this is the supposedly environmental left. I mean, you look at those faces there. You can find all sorts of eco comments from all of them. And the guy who's worried about nature is Donald Trump. And yeah. they say he's oh, he's wrong. He's a moron right. for pulling it out.
1: Well, even it's Joe Biden, sad. even Joe Biden laughed at what he literally laughed during the debate. Watch this.
6: We are energy independent. I know more about wind than you do. It's extremely expensive. Kills all the birds. (laughs) It's very intermittent. It's got a lot of problems.
1: Making way too much sense here. But, I mean, is it safe to say that Joe Biden probably doesn't know anything about, well, we'll just talk about energy right now?
6: Well, certainly he's wrong about he's been wrong consistently. And if you go by Barack Obama's comment, yeah. he's wrong in foreign policy. He's just he's wrong a lot. And we're the ones suffering for it because of we're course. building an energy future on something that's intermittent. And, of course, it kills birds, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we had our favorite diversity hire yesterday. Uh, real quick, Katanji Brown Jackson. Do you think this does anything for the actual movement of the, you know, the female community, which she refused to define, or the black community?
6: Well, I don't think it does anything, but what it does for Democrats is it secures their flanks. And so basically mm-hmm. the number one Democrat voter media, don't want to talk about this, but basically this is a payoff to the top Democrat voter, yeah. which is uh, African-American women. Yeah. That's, Dan that's Gaynor, who they, they need.
1: I wish we had time to cover what you guys are doing on the Hunter Biden Lab Stop story, but we will get you back. Dan Gaynor, Media Research Center. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, folks, the slap heard around the world is now the punishment heard around the world. Wait till you hear what the Academy just did or will do to Will Smith. We're gonna be right back. All right, so a bunch of people who've made millions, maybe even billions of dollars glorifying violence were somehow more shocked when Will Smith went up on stage And assaulted, I guess, Chris Rock for making a bad joke about his wife. You know, violence and stuff. These people. Well, anyway, Will Smith has now been banned for 10 years from the Oscars. He still gets to keep his award, though, which I'm sure... Nobody at home really even cares at this point anymore because the story has been so beat to death. But, folks, just know for the next 10 years, you won't get to watch Will Smith there. I'm so sorry. All right. Don't forget to watch the Trump rally tomorrow. Coverage begins here, 5 p.m. Eastern. Trump's going to take stage around 7 o'clock. I'm also Carl Higby. You can catch me tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Sunday morning as well. Don't miss it. Folks, appreciate you joining tonight. We're out.